Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to episode 87 of the Hooper's Log. It is Tuesday, March 8th, 2016, and it is three-fourths of the way officially through the NBA season, and we are giving away awards today. We're going to talk about our surprises of the season to this point, any other statements we want to have, and uh, really just kind of talk about what, what to expect down the stretch run of the NBA season, the final 100 meters of the year the final lap, the final whatever you want to call it, literally twenty, about 20-plus 20 games to go in the NBA. But we're going to give you our awards and who we think is going to win it in the next month and a half. We're also going to talk about the NCAA tournaments coming up. You know, Obviously, the NCAA conference tournament's going on right now. We have three more bids that were given away last night in the world of, the, in the world of uh, college basketball. Crazy stuff there. Andrew Norris is on the line. Andrew, what's up, man? How you been? Andrew Norris, do you hear me? Hey, hey, yeah, all right, Woo! all right, sorry. Uh, old problems just got in the truck, so it's connected to Uconnect and doing a whole bunch of uh, fun stuff. But I've been about as crappy as it gets, um, as I'm sure all you guys know by now, the stomach problem I've been having that went undiagnosed. We're hoping we finally got a diagnosis. Uh, they think it may be anxiety uh, showing itself in the form of growing up, which is weird. Um, you know, still still not feeling well, uh, but I'm working, I'm doing the show. I'm uh, just, hey, I'm, I'm good now, though. I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling good that I'm here. Uh, it's a beautiful 65 degrees here today. Okay, you know how we were at 10 degrees last week, and we are now 60. Five degrees. It feels like the middle of summer over here in, in Detroit. Yeah, it's uh, from what the way you sound and the way that you're feeling and everything like that. It, it really does sound like we're in the dog days of the NBA season and the dog days of basketball season altogether. I mean, I've been waking up these last couple of days and I've just been like, man, I feel what these NBA teams have been going through. I mean, obviously yesterday there were some serious, like, upsets in the world of the NBA that were just not expected. Obviously over the weekend with the Warriors losing to the Lakers, it really is the dog days of the NBA right now. And I mean, if you're covering the sport, if you're the one 
you know, waking up every morning, getting these games prepared, shows prepped and everything, and really following the sport of basketball, it is getting, I mean, it is down to that stretch where you're thinking, where is the trip to the Bahamas? Where is that trip to, to go on a road trip? Where is the sunshine? It is getting to that point where I'm just like, oh, I just want to, I just want to get, take a break. But we're down the stretch, and here we come. Andrew, you ready to talk about some college basketball before we talk about the NBA? I'm just going to fly through these scores. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Three more tickets were punched in the world of basketball yesterday in the, in the world of college basketball in the Colonial. Obviously, for those of you that listened to episode 86 yesterday, Jonathan Wagner and I talked on the Colonial, and we talked about the Knicks. We definitely talked about, you know, the top two teams in the Colonial and what happened. UNC Wilmington won in overtime over Hofstra to win the Colonial Championship. They are moving on in to the NCAA tournament, and they will be picked on Selection Sunday for their seeding. They win 80-73 to in overtime over Hofstra. Iona also beat Monmouth 79-76 in the MAAC men's championship so that is another ticket punch as Iona gets it done there over the number one seed Monmouth also UNC Wilmington was not the number one seed in the Colonial they beat Hofstra and another championship that was uh that was that was finished on Monday uh was in the Southern Conference Chattanooga beat ETSU 73-67 and Chattanooga is heading their way on into the uh into the uh you know, NCAA tournament. Wright State, also a big upset in the Horizon League Championship semifinal, as obviously that championship will be played tonight. Wright State beating Oakland out there in Detroit, Andrew. What do you think about that? I mean, I thought Oakland was going to get to the championship game. They've been playing really good basketball. Getting knocked off by Oakland. Uh, excuse me, knock, uh, Oakland getting knocked off by Wright State. As I was looking at my, as I was looking at my, uh, my conference tournament bracket for the, uh, for the, for the Horizon League, I was expecting Oakland, uh, Oakland to play. Oh man, I forgot who it was. Who's the number one seed in that Valparaiso. conference? Uh, yeah, Valparaiso. Yeah, I was expecting Valparaiso. Valpo to play Valparaiso to play Oakland, and that didn't happen. In fact, Valparaiso got beat by Green Bay, ninety-nine, ninety-two in overtime yesterday. Another big time upset in these conference tournaments. You talk about a, a conference tournament now in the Horizon League, where one of those teams is more than likely going to turn into a fifteen or a 16 seed, that's what's more than likely going to happen as one and two seeds have been knocked off in that conference tournament. Andrew, what's your take on this tournament? And I know you, got, I know you know people that go to Oakland or have been around the Oakland program. What's the take there in Detroit from what happened in this conference tournament? Yeah, uh, first of all, it's amazing. Let's start with Green Bay and Valpo. Green Bay was playing, I believe, their fourth game in five days. And yes. Valpo had over a week off. And, and – Green Bay just had more energy somehow in overtime to pull it out. Um, it, it was really, it was really amazing how how much energy they still had going into that overtime. They 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 outplayed Valpo in every way. Um, as far as Oakland goes, it was incredibly disappointing, especially with Green Bay beating Valpo because Oakland would have went in and beat Green Bay. Uh, the first yeah. half, Kay Felder could not hit a shot. Kay Felder, the National Player of the Year candidate, probably will finish top five in the voting. Um, but he couldn't hit a shot. The whole team really couldn't hit a shot. Um, and, and it's just a disappointing end of the season for a team that had NCAA tournament as aspirations, and they all just went down the tube. Um, now, I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it because I'm sure not a 
huge amount of people really want to hear all about Oakland University, you know, but um, watch out for this team next year. Case Elder said he wants to come back. He wants to get his degree. So he's going to be a, a senior. He's going to be even better. He's a 20-10 and 10 guy, and he could average 20-10. and 10. I think he turns himself into a near lottery pick next year and watch out for Oakland. Yeah, I mean, these the smaller conferences, and I don't want to speak for the little guy here, but I want to be honest about something. I've been watching these scores for these conference tournament games, and let's just be honest, I don't think the bye week, this is, I don't think this is a year. You know those years where, like, there's dominant teams and the bye week might actually help them? I think this is one of those years where the bye week actually hurts you from the standpoint of momentum is huge this year. All of these conference tournaments I've been been seeing to this point, all of the number one seeds have really struggled, if not lost, in the first round of their conference tournaments. And to be honest, this is one of those years in college basketball where I really want to see a lot of these dominant smaller teams, you know, like Belmont, uh, you know, obviously Valparaiso, Oakland, things like that, you know, bigger, bigger teams in their smaller conferences. I really want to see them get into the NCAA tournament and play well, because this is a year where we could see 15 seeds dominate over twos. One, uh, one seed struggle against 16 seeds late in ball games. That could happen. And it's more and more not going to happen when you have teams like Green Bay, and Wright State playing in the conference. There's no knock on Green Bay and Wright State. They're both 22 and 12. They're both pretty good teams. They're both, you know, three and four seeds in the Horizon League, and they're playing in the final tonight on ESPN, 7 p.m. Eastern. But at the same time, it's like, would you rather have seen Valpo and, and Oakland duke it out in the conference tournament and then one of those two teams go to the NCAA tournament? They would have had a better chance than, I think, Green Bay or even Wright State. And, and, then, the, and then on top of that, and again, like I was saying, I don't want to speak for the little guy, but having these small conferences start so early compared to these bigger conferences. I mean, you think about this, a team like, perfect example, Austin PA, they won their conference tournament on Saturday. They won their championship on Saturday, March 5th. And then they don't, they don't turn around and play until March 17th, or probably one of those first four games, March 15th or 16th, they don't play for like over 10 days. You talk about a, like no momentum, no chance of doing anything heading into the tournament. And even if they don't play in a first 16 game, I think they will, but even if they don't play in a first four game, that's almost two weeks off of playing no, no games, no nothing, and they're just asking to get their butt handed to them heading into the first round of the tournament. And that's the part. that's the part that – I, and I know, and I know there has to be timing, and obviously TV contracts. I get that, I really do, and I'm not opposed to it. But it sucks because I really want to see a tournament, and it's been it's it's been this way for years. So I guess I really can't really can't you know talk about it. But it's one of those things where like I'd like to see the smaller conferences kind of be on par with these bigger conferences because that's where I think the bigger conferences have more of an advantage this time of year. Look, all these teams are tired. Everyone's hurt. Everyone's this, everyone's that. And you can also make the debate that these smaller teams get more rest going into the tournament, and they do. At the same time, though, there is the difference between rest, you know, rest and and rust. And I think rust really becomes a big factor on these smaller schools because, let's be honest, these smaller schools don't have them, don't have the talent as these bigger schools do. But if they had momentum heading into the tournament, and the bigger programs didn't have the momentum, I actually think that the smaller schools would be more competitive against the bigger schools. So, for example, if you had the ACC tournament last week and then you had all the small tournaments this week, 
I don't think that would work, obviously, TV-wise, but I think it would work from the standpoint of you have a small team and, for example, Valparaiso, who would play Oakland in the champion, and you would have Valparaiso taking two days off, and you'd have Duke taking ten days off. I think that would be a much better – now, obviously, the better team with the talent would probably dominate, but it's still – I mean, it's just one of those things where I think this is a year where momentum is a big thing, and I think momentum is going to get killed going into the tournament uh, considering the deep, the, the, the long layoffs between, uh, you know, conference tournaments for these small teams. But it's been that way for years, so why complain about it and why talk about it? Anyway, five more games that will be punched tonight in the world of college basketball. The West Coast Conference, Gonzaga-St. Mary's, that's a big-time game there. One of those teams is vying for a potential top-five spot in the tournament. Uh, you know, obviously one through uh, one through five seeding. One of those teams will get a big time seeding if they win their conference tournament here in this one. North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and the Summit Men's League Championship. That'll be on ESPN two tonight, same time as the West Coast Conference. So if you're into that, go check it out. Uh, also, uh, another championship coming on. Like I said, the Horizon League, Green Bay, Wright State. They'll be playing 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then you got uh, Fairlane Dickinson and Wagner. In the Northeast Conference Men's Tournament Final Championship there. That will also be on tonight. And then you have, uh, actually, I think those are the four. I think there's only four tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, four championship games. And obviously the ACC Tournament is getting started right now. Real quickly, let's get to NBA basketball, and then we'll get to our three-fourths prediction. I don't have any wet boys performances, so I'm just going to break down. What's up, Andrew? Real quick. Real quick, I do, uh, before we change subjects here, I do want to come out and I want to say I am an incredibly sad fan today as Calvin Johnson officially announces his retirement. It's been up in the air. He waited until the day before free agency. I don't know why. Uh, right. The longer he waited, the more we all thought he was coming back. Um, and, and it's really sad knowing that, the franchise I root for is so bad, it made two of the best players of all time retire way too young. Um, yeah. It's probably, honestly, a good thing Calvin Johnson fell off. He's probably not even a top ten wide receiver anymore. It's a very common misconception that he's still great because he's not. Um, and we're going to get a ton of cap space because of it. What towards like $40 million, $45 million in cap space this, this free agency. Um, but it's still it's still sad to see a legend walk away, and who knows? He, I mean, he won't be a first ballot Hall of Famer, he, and then there's a bunch of guys who are going to get in in front of him, especially with the stats going up and up and up and up. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for him to get in in those first couple tries to get into the Hall of Fame. So I, it'll be really interesting to see. It's also sad because he probably would have went down as the second greatest wide receiver in the history of the game if he kept playing. Uh, but you know it's. Hopefully it works out well for the Lions. I don't blame the guy. He's playing the stupidest sport in the world as far as why would you ever play it. Um, he made his money. He's leaving about $100 million on the, or about $80 million on the table. Uh, but don't get the head injuries. Just just go right off into the sunset. He's a, He seems like one of the more responsible players in the league. He's probably got about 90% of what he's made the same. And go enjoy yourself before you before, – before you keep playing and get CTE. So I think he made the right decision. I think all football players shouldn't play more than enough enough years to make a good amount of money, and then they should all retire. Um, and, and it's sad to see, but it's also good to see a guy putting his health before before the game. Cause 
because it needs. Yeah, and and are you gonna have are you gonna have Adam Schefter on your uh, on your notifications from Twitter? I know I will be. Yeah, of course, of course. I know. I always have. I always have at this time of year. I always put on Adam Schefter as a uh, as a big time notification update uh, this time of year when it comes to the, the new fiscal year in the NFL. Uh, I think Calvin Johnson will, will not be a first round Hall of Fall first ballot Hall of Famer. I think Calvin Johnson will be a Hall of Famer. Obviously, I think it might take him three or four tries though to get in. And the only reason he won't be a first ballot Hall of Famer is because of the longevity. Look, you have to be good in this league for good in any league for a long amount of time to get, you know, be, be recognized as a first ballot Hall of Famer. People talking about how great Steph Curry is and this and that. Steph Curry, as of right now, will I, I think Steph Curry could be a Hall of Famer, especially if they win the championship again this year. But he won't be first ballot. He still has to be great for a very, 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 very long time to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Steph Curry would take about, well, right now, if Steph Curry retired, just let real quick, if Steph Curry retired, it would take him... It would take him, I would say, probably five or six tries to get into the Hall of Fame. It would. Now, if he played like this for another six years, oh, first ballot, no debate. No debate. Like, no debate. But for now, I mean, he's only been great for two years in his, you know, seven-year career. If he retired, let's say, in a couple years, and he was only great for four of those years, and he, you know, won a couple championships and had his MVP year and obviously the best season in NBA history if if they were to do that, then sure, maybe he would get in on his third or fourth try, but it would not be a first round, first ballot Hall of Famer, and it would be it would be a slap in the face to the world of basketball if he did. Well, if he retired right now, he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer at all. He, he's got nine thousand career points. I mean, that's like saying when LeBron was twenty-two, he was already a Hall of Famer. LeBron had nine thousand career points at twenty-two. Steph Curry's twenty-seven. Just in case you want to know why LeBron's a better player, I could go on and on for days. But that's, I think him, as far as – we're getting off topic, but it's a fun discussion, so screw it. I think as far yeah. as him being a first ballot Hall of Famer, I think it's all up to how many championships that team wins. Because um, I don't think he'll have the individual stats to be a first ballot Hall of Famer just simply because he got great at 26 years old. The other first ballot Hall of Famers are normally great at about 20. Um by the time they're 26, 27, already up there towards, you know, 20,000 points or, you know, a, a ton of assists, a ton of blocks, something like that, something that they specialize in. Um, I think it's going to take quite a bit for Steph Curry to become a first battle all famer. I don't think it's impossible by any stretch, but uh, he's going to have to play this level until right around when he retires. Well, I mean, and yeah, like you said, I mean, he, he, he I, 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 man, Okay, I, it would be really tough to not put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, if he were to play great for another three years, it would be really, really hard not to. But, yes, no, oh, yeah, if he retired right is. now, no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, no, he would not be. I agree with you. Right now, no. People who think he would be, you're insane. Go, go Please go and check out the Hall of Fame because he would not be a Hall of Famer. But he, he definitely would be in our memory. It would be kind of like Derrick Rose. It'd be, he, he would be the perfect example. If, yep. if he retired right now, Steph Curry, he'd be like the Derrick Rose of the Hall of Fame. He'd be like, why isn't he in? Well, he only played great for two years, and he was only in the league for seven or eight. He's not a, a Hall of Famer. He's great. Not a Hall of Famer. Kind of like Chris Webber. Chris Webber? Not a Hall of Famer. Great player. Not a Hall of Famer. Um, and that's a debate. That's a pretty good debate. But Chris Webber yeah, never I won got, a championship. I got a little more crazy topic for you real quick. Yeah. And, and this just popped in my mind. If you could have gone back to when Derrick Rose won the MVP at 22 years old, if somebody would have yeah. told you that by the end of that guy's career he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer, I yeah. would have called you insane. 
Yeah. Like, he didn't deserve uh-huh. that MVP, but still winning it at 22 years old, it's, it's just crazy how fast things can, can go downhill. So that's why you don't want to call a player who's been good for two, great for two years, uh, you know, a future Hall of Famer or anything like that. They need longevity first. Andrew, did you say that did you say that Derrick Rose didn't deserve the twenty ten MVP? Not at all. And it was twenty eleven. But not at all. The only reason the only reason that guy won MVP is because LeBron was on the Miami Heat. And that's it. That is Oh come on. He he literally got outplayed in every single aspect of the game by LeBron James. Who by the way was a first team all defense while averaging twenty seven points, like eight assists and seven rebounds. I mean it's not even close. Derrick Rose in twenty I don't remember what year it was. I think it was twenty ten. I think it was twenty ten the year he won it. Oh nine. No, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. It was twenty. No, it was the first year LeBron went to Miami, ten and eleven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Derrick Rose that year. For people who forget, and I understand it's been it's, – we're, we're talking – we're going back in the eons right now. We're going back about four or five years. We're going back five years now. Uh, Derrick Rose back five years ago, people need to remember what Russell Westbrook is doing right now on the basketball court. I'd multiply that. Just just put you – know, you know when you're at work and you, and, you, and you work overtime, you work more than your 40 hours? Imagine – that's Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is your overtime. He is your overtime version of Russell Westbrook. And what Russell Westbrook is doing is incredible right now. And Derrick Rose from a from a team perspective. Now imagine Russell Westbrook having the capability to impact his team on a higher level, which would be insane to think about because he already does that. But Derrick Rose did that, and he impacted a team that really had no offensive spark. Remember, this was before Jimmy Butler. This was before they had Pau Gasol. This is before. This is when they had Joe Kim. Think about it. Joe Kim Noah was talked about as being an All Star. That's how good Derrick Rose was. Joe Kim Noah was talking. Look at Joe Kim Noah now. He's a scrub. He is. I will not deny that. I was coming into the season saying Joe Kim Noah was one of the better defensive players in the NBA. He's just underrated. He's only on the bench. No, that was a product of Derrick Rose's greatness. Really, that's how unbelievable he was. And you were right. No, and you're right from the perspective of if you would have said five years ago that Derrick Rose would not have ended his career a not like a non Hall of Famer. If you would have ended his career a non Hall of Famer, people would have. People would have put you to the lynch, lynch mob and said, no, you need to stop talking NBA. Don't, you don't know what you're talking about. This guy is one of the greatest point guards we're ever going to see, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. But obviously the injuries kicked in. And honestly, that's the reason why Steph Curry isn't talked about as a, as a first-rounder or even a Hall of Famer as of right now because of all the injuries he had beforehand. It's kind of the opposite. Like Derrick Rose and, and, and Steph Curry have had mere opposite careers to this point. Derrick Rose – had an unbelievable first three or four, three, three and a half years. And then Steph Curry has had a great last couple of years. It's, it's been an amazing ride for both of those guys. And Derek Rose is finally recuperating his career, but he is just, as we all know, not the same player from five years ago. Andrew, let's just, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely an average player now. Uh, Let me just recap these games real quick. And then Andrew, I'll get you on a, I'll get I'll get you on the these these three fourths the three quarter polls of the NBA is 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 done. We're getting to the final quarter of the season starting today pretty much, uh, and we'll give out our awards here in a moment. But last night the Golden State Warriors beat the Magic one nineteen to one thirteen, an unbelievably classic, uh, close game. I will admit the Warriors have not looked very good. I'm telling you the dog days of the NBA are here. The Spurs lost to the the Spurs lost to the. Uh, uh, Pacers last night, a tough one there. 
in uh, in Indiana as the Spurs it just could not quite get it done. 99-91, the Pacers got the victory. Hornets also beat the Timberwolves 108-103. to The Grizzlies upset the Cavs in Cleveland. I was shocked when I saw this as well. The Cavs were 12.5-point favorites, and they got rocked as well. That was the moment when I said, okay, clearly the dog days of the NBA are here. It is a tough stretch down the road. March is a very tough time of year. For all teams, they're all thinking about the Bahamas. They're all thinking about uh, breaking up. It's tough. Uh, Bulls beat the Bucks 190. Pelicans win 115 to 112. Clippers win over the Matt Mavericks 109 to 90. But the Warriors get their 45th victory all, uh, in a row at home. An unbelievable record that I don't think what would have happened. Anyway, Andrew, anything else you want to say before we get to these awards? And they got to go soon. No, let's go. Let's do it. All right, three fourths, three quarter pull. Awards, here they are. Let's get it going. I have MVP as Steph Curry, and the only reason is because everyone's talking about him being unanimous. I personally don't think he is a uh, – uh, do you hear me, Andrew? Yep, yep, all good. Okay, my bad. I heard something in the background. There's some crazy people outside right now. Uh, anyway, uh, Steph Curry, MVP, is because he's unanimous. Kawhi Leonard, Defensive Player of the Year because of the team he plays on, and he has been talked about as being a better defender than last year which is crazy to think about. I would not be shocked if, Deion, uh, if, if, if uh, Draymond Green got into the discussion or if a guy like Andre Drummond got into the discussion, but that's why I have is Kawhi Leonard. Rookie of the year, no debate. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, if you don't think it's Carl Anthony Towns, stop writing, stop talking, you're dumb. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best rookies we've seen since Damian <laughs> Lillard, and that was about three or four years ago. He has been unbelievable. Most improved, C.J. McCollum, not even a debate. If you think it's anyone else other than C.J. McCollum, stop watching basketball. Coach of the year, this is debatable, but it has to go to Terry Stotts. Reason being, he lost yep. three, four of his five starters. Four of his five starters, and they're a middle pack of the playoff team in the Western Conference. No one thought that was going to happen. No one thought this was possible, and they're getting it done. I think the most debatable thing of the year uh, award of the year is sixth man of the year. Will Barton is my favorite as of now, but it is flip-flopped here lately. And I think this final quarter of the season is where we're going to see it change. And I also have a couple of surprises, but I'll talk about those before Andrew gives his awards and gets on out of here. Andrew, who are your awards for now? Okay, I'm adding an award. Okay, I have my okay. most outstanding player as Steph Curry. He's had the best season. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I have my most valuable player as Draymond Green. Yeah. That I think the Warriors without Draymond Green are more lost than they are without Steph Curry, and I don't want that to I be agree. like undermining Steph's greatness because it's not. It's just Draymond Green is like an engine, and I know that's kind of cliche, but he really is, man. He does everything. Uh, yeah. Let's see, my rookie of the year, obviously Carl Anthony Towns, like you said, coach of the year. I think the only person who you can uh, compare to Terry Stotts would be either Greg Popovich or Luke Walton. I think I think Luke Walton did a much better team job coaching this team than Steve Kerr has done so far. Um, let's see. My defensive player of the year, again, I'm with you, Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard's having one of the better defensive seasons of all time. I don't think Draymond Green's even close. Andre Drummond is nowhere near close. Andre Drummond, that, that whole defense – He's great at defense things, kind of overrated. He gets lost a ton on defense. Um, let's see, am I missing anything? Oh, sixth man of the year, uh, Will Barton's there. Um, yeah, that, that's really the only name you're hearing. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a couple other, maybe somebody like Rodney Stuckey. Jeremy, Lin, Jer- Jer- Jeremy Lin's out there. Jeremy Lin's been fantastic. Yeah, he has been fantastic. Yeah. He, could, he could sneak in there. Will Barton hasn't been playing as good as he was. Um, but I still think Will Barton's probably the favorite. 
Yeah. All right, Andrew, I know you got to get back to work. Uh, have a good one, buddy. Yeah, yeah, and then real quick, one more thing i got to say. Since December 12th, the day the Warriors lost their first game, the Spurs have a better record, okay? So don't sleep on the Spurs beating the Warriors. Don't think the Warriors are unbeatable because the Spurs have been superior since the first loss. All right, Andrew. Have a good one, buddy. We'll we'll catch you on the other side for tomorrow. Peace. All right, man. Busy man there. Busy, busy man there, Andrew Norris. I I get it. I've been there. I know exactly where he's coming from. When he, when he works the Friday shift, I gotta work. I got I gotta come in, and I can only do about ten fifteen minutes. I totally get where he's coming from on that angle. And the surprises of the season to this point, three fourths part of the season. Uh, three fourths of the way through the season, the West Portland. How could you not? How could Portland not be a surprise to you? This team was not even projected to win thirty wins. Thirty wins this season, and they already have thirty in the first three fourths of the season. This team has been playing out of their mind good over the last you know month and a half now, especially since that slow start at the beginning of the year. They have been playing outstanding basketball, which is why I have Terry Stotts as coach of the year. Houston Rockets have been another surprise for me. They have been a team that has really dropped off the face of the map. They have not played very good basketball as of late. They have found ways to lose games instead of win games. Hopefully that changes here over the next couple of weeks, but I've seen enough this season to think that this team really will not go anywhere in the postseason. They're inconsistent. They got their head coach fired. James Harden has been a one-man show. Dwight Howard is not the same player he used to be. Obviously, the, the bench is not what it should have been. The health factor, Ty Lawson never worked out. The Houston Rockets have been a complete combustion of a team. They have been terrible this year for the talent that they have on that program and that organization. It, it's, it's, been, it's been a firestorm there in Houston. Golden State is obviously, I think, the biggest when it comes to the Western Conference. I mean, we talked about Portland and Houston and their surprises from both spectrums, but Golden State, 45 straight home wins. I mean, you talk, think about that. 56 and 6 to begin the season. I mean, to, to think, that's to begin the season. In the first 62, 56 and 6. That is crazy. That is the greatest. That has to be the greatest quarter, you know, three quarters of the way start to an NBA season in NBA history. I think the Bulls may have had. And 77, or excuse me, uh, the 72 win Bulls in 95 96 might have had the same type of start. But the impressiveness that the Warriors have done it with, which is going undefeated at home, dominating. Steph Curry now has 303 points. Think about that. First three fourths of the season, Steph Curry has 303 pointers. 300. 300. It's insanity what's going on there in Golden State. And the guy doesn't even play the entire game half the time, like most, most games. It's, it is insane what they're doing there in Golden State, uh, and obviously one of the more impressive things we've seen all year. In the Eastern Conference, I, there's a lot of a lot of surprises in the Eastern Conference, but my main three, Washington's a big disappointment for me. They're a surprise. I thought Washington would be a middle-of-the-pack Eastern Conference team, and they're fighting to stay alive as a conversation piece in the Eastern Conference for a spot in the bottom area. The Knicks have been surprising from a better perspective. They have improved a lot as a team this year. Are they a good team? No. They're still a below-average team. They're still a a middle-of-the-pack team overall in the NBA, but they've improved immensely. And, yes, they've struggled here over the last couple of weeks, but overall they have improved a lot this season, and they have found ways to get back into contention in the Eastern Conference and be talked about at points in the year. And that's a big-time thing for them because at one point last year they were the laughingstock of the NBA. No doubt. And then I think the last one, obviously, is the Boston Celtics. Look, 
I think if anyone said the Boston Celtics would have been a a three seed, two seed coming into this season at some point in the year and a potential team to compete with Cleveland in the NBA playoffs, they would have called you crazy. I would have called you crazy. But the way they've been playing in the in, in, in the in the chemistry that they've formed and, and Isaiah Thomas really taking stride as a leading scorer and a go-to guy, they have really, really put together an, a program now. And Brad Stevens, with the way he's put this team together, it has become one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. No, no debate there. And with how they've been playing and the way they've been playing, they've become a formidable threat and a potential team that could play in the Eastern Conference Finals this year if all goes well. Will they win the Eastern Conference? No, absolutely not. And if they do, it would be a shocker and probably story of the year. But with a team that can play this well and the way that they've been playing overall in the East and keeping afloat with teams like Toronto and Cleveland, that who would have thought that? No one would have thought that. I would have said they would have been more with like teams like Miami, like Chicago. I mean, not Chicago now, obviously. Chicago is another surprise. There's a lot of surprises in the East. Obviously, teams playing better than we thought, teams playing worse than we thought. A lot of expectations changed from the Eastern Conference. But Boston, New York, and Washington, all the East Coast teams, super East Coast teams, really on the bay there, I've been really shocked at and surprised about. And I think the one statement we all need to take away from in this first three-fourths of the season, when it comes to the NBA season of 2015-2016, the Golden State Warriors are a wow. I mean, wow. This is one of the greatest teams we're seeing right now in NBA history. I mean, this final stretch of the NBA season is really going to dictate what our opinion will be for a lifetime for decades to come from this Golden State Warriors team this year. Look, last year they won the NBA title. They had 65, 67 wins. They were amazing. No one will debate that. But it was kind of a fluky matter. This year they have taken away that entire discussion of fluke. They have taken away that entire discussion of they're a a one-hit wonder. They are a team that has completely just bulldozed their way into the discussion of being one of the greatest teams in NBA history. They are. I don't think they are the greatest team in NBA history. Obviously, if they win out and they only lose six games, seven games, I, I obviously would say something about it. But from from this point, they have just been unbelievable. And, and what's crazy, the other crazy thing is, is how great they've been. Andrew just said it. The Spurs are right behind them. They're only three or four games back of the Golden State Warriors. And, there, and there's there's 20 games to go. And these teams are neck and neck, and the Warriors have had one of the greatest starts in NBA history, and the and the Spurs are right there behind them. And it's not just a start anymore. It's a season. And and when you get to the three-fourths part of the season, and you're coming down the stretch like these teams are, this isn't, just a, this isn't just a start anymore. This is one of the greatest seasons the Warriors have ever had, and one of the greatest seasons in NBA history, period. I mean, they're 14 games away from getting 70. Think about that. 14 games away from 70, and we're still in the beginning of March, first week of March. What this Warrior team is doing is unprecedented, unbelievable. All the vocab in the dictionary you can think of, a thesaurus, it's, it's just absolutely unbelievable what the Golden State Warriors are doing. Players of the Week in the NBA, obviously from last week, LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard in the East and Western Conference getting it done there. Uh, that's taking place in the NBA. Obviously, college basketball going crazy. I don't have white boy performances from last night. It has been – I have been busy. I have been bogged down with things. I have been – last night, we also went 3-5 uh, and five, or 3-4 and four in the NBA. We got our lock of the day, though. We picked Detroit to win. They, they or I think it was Detroit. I forget who our lock of the day was, but we got it done. But we do have our picks today in the NBA, and we will give them to you here in just a moment. Our, our picks – 
in the NBA for today. Six games, obviously an NBA TV Tuesday, but I would honestly advise watching the college basketball games if I were you, because if you don't watch the college basketball games, what are you doing? Uh, on the Hoopers log today, these are the picks. A lot of big time, like a lot of giant spreads, if you ask me. Brooklyn Nets are plus 12. Uh, they are they are giant underdogs against, uh, I don't even know who they're playing. I believe they're playing, uh, I believe the uh, Brooklyn, uh, do, uh, uh, Brooklyn is playing Toronto in Toronto. And Toronto is favored by 12. Look, I mean, look, Toronto's going to win this ball game. Do they win by 12? They could win by 20, really. Uh, but the Nets, they have some down low presence. They've been improving a little bit here and there. I think they're going to keep this game a little closer than people expect. A 12-point margin with this Nets team is a little tough. They've always found ways to keep games close when they're not supposed to. I think they'll do the same here against the Raptors. Knicks and Nuggets. Nuggets are favored by two. Uh, they're favored by uh, – the Nuggets are favored by three and a half. I had it at. Now it's favored at two and a half. Take the uh, New York Knicks. I think the Knicks will find a way to bounce back and get a victory in this one and get it done. Atlanta is plus one underdogs against Utah. Take the Hawks. That is my lock of the day. I think the Hawks will come out and and steamroll the Jazz and get a victory there because clearly I think they're just a more talented team, and clearly they've got a lot more going for them than the Utah Jazz right now. Wizards, Trailblazers, this is a fun game to watch tonight. Two backcourts that are legit on NBA TV. This is the only game on NBA TV tonight. Uh, Washington is five-and-a-half-point underdogs. Take Washington in this one for the reasons that they have been improving and getting better as of late. I think the Wizards will find a way to at least keep it close and keep it a good ball game at worst. And then Lakers are underdogs to the Magic, uh, underdogs by two-and-a-half. The Lakers, the way they played against the Golden State Warriors on on Sunday afternoon, I think that's going to that's gonna project, project them into a better game tonight against the Orlando Magic. Will they win? I, I don't know, but I think they're going to keep it close, and if they do win, I won't be shocked. They played well against Golden State, and they took advantage. This Magic team is not Golden State. They're coming off a of back-to-back after playing Golden State. I think the Lakers will get it done against the Magic. And then uh, the Spurs will be playing the Timberwolves. Uh, Spurs are favored by 10.5. I think the Spurs will win by 15. They're going to dominate in this one. They're going to bounce back off the Pacer loss, and they're going to find a way to get a big-time victory for them. So those are your picks for today. Six games in the NBA. Obviously, a gaggle, a palooza, a hullabaloo, a, a ton, a ton of college basketball games, a lot of conference tournaments going on. Obviously, four conference championships going on tonight um, in the world of college basketball and a lot of other things to go through in the world of basketball. So three-fourths of the season are done in the NBA. The final quarter of the season will begin in the NBA tonight, and it will be getting kicked off six games on NBA. One of the games are on NBA TV, obviously college basketball going crazy. It is nutso right now in the world of basketball. Episode 87 is in the books. we got about a minute left on the show, and uh, we will be back around the same time, same place, giving you all the updates you need on the world of college basketball and expect bigger things to come. Also, check out the YouTube page. I just put up a couple of videos from last night. I played for like maybe about a half an hour, 45 minutes, got these videos up, uploaded them, went to bed, and they w- I woke up and they were on my stream. We're going to start a thing where we have one-on-one tournaments on the NBA 2K16 and see who really is the best one-on-one player NBA history, currently, you name it. It's going to be fun. We're going to get it going. Also have three-on-three tournaments, things like that. It's going to be a fun, fun time. 
in the world of the Hooper's Log. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Episode 87 is in the books. Episode 88, same time, same place tomorrow, everybody. We'll be back for episode 88 Wednesday, March 9, 2016. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the basketball. It is going to be jam-packed.